Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Freedom International live stream. I'd like to start by just giving thanks for everything that's been happening. Because sometimes when things get so rough, as if we forget to give thanks. But as I see it as in a whole, all the difficulties, all the challenges, whether it be my personal life or, or my community, it seems like good things is still come up. But it's up to us to make it really manifest into good opportunities. And so um, please give thanks to whatever you're doing. And I give thanks to all my friends, my new friends from around the world whom I haven't even seen or touched personally, but now they've become really close as like family friends. Okay, so welcome and whatever you are doing and you like what you, we have been having a conversation in the past live stream and especially today, please share it. And uh, if we could touch one person at a time, that will be awesome. So today with me are podcasters, Hartmut Schumacher from Go Your Own Path, and he is from Germany. And I have John Katsavos, from the fitness oracle and he is from canada and i have steve fierro from asia with awakened mind and i have dr carl moore from made in nature podcast from ireland and yours truly from originally from the philippines but i am in princeton new jersey and quantum nurse is my podcast and of course we are so honored and thank you so much we are grateful for everything that dr karima day has been doing and um, you know her she has wealth of knowledge and so, so some of the information that she has is, is scary but actually those are information that we need to know so that we can be armed for what's coming and it's up to us again to get that best opportunity to make it into a beautiful manifestation of love and community. So thank you, Dr. Made. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be with all of you today. <laughs> Dr. Made, for those who want to know, and he, she is from Dearborn, Michigan, and received her medical degree from Kansas City University of Medical Biosciences in 2001. She then completed her traditional internship at the Medical Center in Columbus, Georgia, and internal medicine re residency at Mercer University in Macon, Georgia. So Dr. Made has a long list of accomplishments and continuing his study from all over um, established credible uh, institutions. And of course, she's one of the most outspoken because she, she knows that she has this mission to impart to all of us what needs to be, you know, to be shared. And so thank you. And if, if you want to know more about Dr. Karimade, it's not difficult to find information about her. <laughs> what resonates to you, please share it and keep be an open, be a critical thinker when you're doing it and feel sense every word and every sound that she's going to utter because all of this, whether she speaks about AI or consciousness, the sound matters. So I invite you to just open your heart and your mind and your whole being and just just be with us. Dr. Karimade, how about you start by telling us 
how's your family and like how did you grow up and then suddenly you mm -hmm. have all this information hmm, i'm hoping uh, one of those ai <laughs> <laughs> well um let's see i can tell you that when i was really young uh, i did not my, my parents were young when they had me we didn't have we didn't go to churches but when i was three years old i remember this you know, back then, it was in the early 70s, people would say, oh, Carrie, if you're not a good girl, you know, God will punish you. That's kind of what they said back then. And I remember getting really angry. I put my hand on my hip and I said, no, God is love. God loves you. I said, God doesn't punish you. You punish yourself. And I would go and I would preach to people around. And so I, um, the point of that is that I felt like I've always known God. I, I've, and I felt like we all knew God before we were born. And so that kind of started my mission on um, of, of just kind of speaking my truth and always being a critical thinker, always questioning everything. Um, you know, I, I had a unique, I have a unique family. My mother, um, my father uh, used to build dragsters, you know, they're really fast cars, really long skinny cars with the parachutes that come out. And my mother would drive them. She's a race car driver. So, um, yeah, it was a different kind of family, and uh, I really got inspiration from my mother and father. Um, my dad was always making inventions. Uh, he worked for Ford Motor Company, and um, if I wasn't a doctor, I would have been an engineer making inventions as well. So, um, yeah, very different. And I used that, that idea. I used that um, thinking of how to think about how things worked and to go backwards and try to find the source of a problem from looking and watching them. So that was that was my background. And um, you know, going into medicine, I always wanted to help people and I always wanted to find the the root cause or find the cures of things. And so with my osteopathic training, it's different than an allopathic MD where we look for um, we believe that the mind, body, and spirit are all intricately connected to your health and that each one is very important and interrelated and that the body knows how to heal itself, that we're just educators and teachers. Um, so we look for the blockages, what is blocking you from healing and then teaching you what health is. And so in applying those principles, I found over my um, my not just my education, but also in my clinic, how we were being lied to. We were being lied to that, you know, oh, you're just born with a, a disease and that's what you have. It's just your genetics. And that's not true. What I found out is there's causes of everything. Heart attacks and strokes can be prevented. Um, the Really, the cause is dental bacteria most of the time. You know, that's being hidden from everybody. Pfizer actually found that out and they hid the data from everybody. We were part of a research experiment um, during in my hospital and we found that out. All cancers have a primary infection and a primary toxin behind them, but that's being hidden from people as well. When they get a cancer screening for colon cancer, for instance, the gene they're looking for is not your gene. They're actually looking for the gene of an infection, a streptococcus bacteria that comes again from the dental area. So when you, they find that you're at high risk for having colon cancer, would they ever tell you that, hey, you should look for the cause and fix the dental area? They won't tell you that, that no money is to be made. 
So when I was researching all these and finding these out, it opened my eyes to really what was making us sick in the world, what made the world run. It's all about money and, and control. And so this got me started on the path of questioning even more things. But of course, when you do that and you start making people better, you help them to overcome their illnesses and disease states. And then they don't need the procedures or the big tests or the expensive chemo agents or the transplants. Well, you get no, you get uh, noticed. And I was getting noticed by government agencies and insurance companies. And I thought that would be a good thing. And it wasn't a good thing because people weren't making their money anymore. And so I, uh, I found out quickly how the world is. And so at some point when I, I did not stop doing what I was doing. I would not stop helping people. I was uh, recruited for a short time to um, uh, these organizations. And in these recruitment uh, meetings, they talked to us about the future of humanity, the future of the world. And in these meetings, um, the people in the meetings, the idea was that we would be part of it, part of the controllers, and then the rest of the people we would help control. And this is how I got introduced to the idea of nanotechnology, of transhumanism, of artificial intelligence integration with the human body. And I am totally against that idea. I, I, I don't think it's a good idea at all. So that's how I gained my knowledge. And then when I saw this pandemic unfold, I realized that the technology that I learned about in these meetings was being applied right now inside of these injections. And so I started speaking up again. And um, that's kind of my story. That, that is so amazing, you know, and I'm glad uh, it you, you, and I'm glad you recognized that that that, that family uh, relationship and exposure was already the beginning because I believe that uh, most of us, if we go back to our childhood, it seems like there were little bits of things already preparing us mm -hmm. for the future. And yes. for us here as a group of podcasters, someone has already told us actually that we do come from the future and we just recognized our soul family our oversold yeah. so yeah. that feels good whether people believe that or not but we believe that and it's up to us with what we believe and dr mare i'm so glad also that you mentioned about the dental because yes it's many times when i attend even integrative uh, conferences before and they talk about uh, metal toxicity everyone's looking first on everything outside then I said, hello, maybe you should just look in your mouth. Yeah. And then, and then, hello, there was a lot of metals in your mouth and a lot of procedures that we think. And I've been trying really to, I have a very good biologic dentist and I've been wanting her to, to come so that, you know, she could really explain that also. Yeah. But thanks a lot. And so with, with that and kind of relation that you have with your family and then, you know, being exposed to uh, a unique invitation. And I'm glad you were able to say no. Uh, they didn't harass you. They said, no, you have to be part of us. Well, I was definitely 
harassed in many ways. I still am. Um, but that was a personal decision. I gave up pretty much all of my material things. I can never work in a regular job as a doctor again in a hospital or clinic. Um, but I remember, it, and I moved out of the country for five years because the harassment was so grand. Um, my personal welfare and well-being were um, in grave danger. So it's when you speak up in this manner and so mm, assertively, aggressively for what you believe in, even if you have all the research on your side, yes, there are dangers that come with that and repercussions. And all of us have had them on different levels. And I've experienced quite a few of them. However, I see this very moment in time as the most pivotal that we have ever faced in our written human history. And if we do not speak up, and if we do not wake a critical mass up, then humans, as we know ourselves right now, will cease to exist in a very near future. And I know who I am. I know that I am an eternal spirit soul. So I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of anything. I am fearless now. I used to have fear, but not anymore. And so there is nothing that can stop me from speaking the truth and to help my brothers and sisters around the world. And for sure to defend the more weaker and the more fragile, like the children, for, for example, we should always stand for them. And I wish I could get people to understand if there's just enough of us that just spoke up and said, no, this literally would stop today because we are the 99% and we do have the control. It's just that we've been manipulated into not into forgetting who we are and to not think that we have power when we really do. It's really much a, a mind psychological warfare yeah. that we're under. Well, thank you, Dr. Made. And let me just call you Ka Carrie. Right. Just Carrie's fine. <laughs> yeah. thank, you, thank you, Carrie. Now, so how do you protect yourself day to day? So maybe you could share some daily habits so that all of us and the rest who are looking for something who you can maybe benefit with your day habit. Um, you know, I, I think it's important to be close with, with God. You know, it's we are made in the likeness of God, divinities inside of you. If you don't have that connection, I don't know how you really feel good every day. And that's a personal journey. I don't think you can just... Um, someone can just teach you that's something you have to go through yourself so um that's for me that's that's very important and um you know on a physical level i detox right so everybody should detox all the time because i find that really what makes us ill physically are the toxins we're always exposed to so i um i do a lot of detox baths if you hear me talk i speak about them i do them almost every day because they're the easiest thing to do to detox from radiation pesticides heavy metals even parasites you name it so um, my favorite one is bentonite clay baking soda epsom salts and a little bit of borax um for 20 minutes and you know scrubbing um pretty um assertively on your skin uh, and then rinsing off, that's that's really, really good. Detoxing from heavy metals because we get a lot of aluminum and the mercury from the fillings and those kinds of things. Um, there's different ways to detox from heavy metals or cilantro and, and many other ways as well. Another big one is glyphosate, the Roundup toxin, right? So that's been used ubiquitously around the world and it's 
Um, it blocks you from assimilating your nutrients as well as causing cancers and, and the gluten sensitivity sensitivity comes from that. So L-glycine, the amino acid can actually knock off and kick off all the glyphosate from your intestinal wall. Um, you can do like 4,000 milligrams twice a day in a powdered form for a couple of months and then go down from that uh, um, titrate down to maybe just twice a, twice a week for maintenance. Um, and another big one I'd see definitely in the United States is arsenic toxicity that's been used in the water and the chicken feed. And uh, mm -hmm. for instance, in Georgia, the levels are extremely high. So that's a, another way to detox. Uh, DMSA works really well for that. And um, you just have to make sure that you look at your individual self. This is not a, uh, everybody should do this all at once. You should look at what you, you have and consult with some sort of a professional before you do these on your own. But those are some of the main things I think physically that we should be doing to detox and make sure you have clean water. Water is a source of all life. And I'd say clean your own water. So a Berkey filter, a tabletop distiller, those are some good ways that I recommend for making sure you have clean water as well. So thank you. There you go, people. So I'll share you, Dr. Made. This is my deuterium depleted water and there's <laughs> Mediclay in yeah. it. So yeah. every time I eat, it, I put Mediclay. And yes, I have a friend and a lot of friends who we put a, a, a whole handful of Mediclay and put them in the tub. Good, yeah. <laughs> and then also be around like-minded people. We call it your tribe, right? Because in these times, my gosh, if you're not around some like-minded people, it can be really, really difficult. So I'd say search out um, that and physically be around them at least once a week. So I think that's really important. Thank you. I'll pass it on to Hartmut because the rest have so many questions for you. Okay. <laughs> Gary it's a real pleasure to have you here and um, I can agree 100% concerning what you said here also concerning in your, sub, in your title nanobot technology on vaccines. The most problem what I found out also by the videos on the internet and all that stuff is that the definition that we use the wrong, wrong word because um, the people or the misinformation is that the people think it is an unexperimental vaccination which is not tested so far. But in the reality it is, um, there are there were animal tests in the past concerning mRNA. And uh, they, were, uh, they were made at humanized mice and on, on monkeys. And um, the death rate was 100% after two months. And uh, two, yeah, two months. And uh, if we, if we um, calculate this on a human being, because uh, uh, in, uh, according to a life of a mice, for example, which is two months, it's two years in, um, for, for a human being. And so Luc Montagnier said also that the human being who have got the vaccination will die in two years. This is his, this is his um, opinion. And uh, so um, it is. It is a bioweapon. It's not a vaccination. What do you think about that? It is absolutely a bioweapon. We know that SARS-CoV-2 and there's also a SARS-CoV-3 that they've been patented. That means they have been man-made in a laboratory since 2002 at least. So these are patents that we know that for a fact. 
Um, so that we're even arguing at this very moment about where did it come from is quite ludicrous because we do know we have the facts. Um, the, the vaccine, like you said, or it's not really a vaccine, it's a gene modification injection. Of course, they've had that around for more than 10 years and the animal studies have been done. Um, as far as what is going to happen to us humans, well, first of all, I know in the past there's been a lot of things attempted in the world that have been bioweapons and they haven't gone as well as planned because we are not just biological beings. We are spiritual beings as well. If we were just biological, we would have all been dead a long time ago. Believe me, if you see the amount of toxins in our body, we can do, our bodies can do miraculous things because we are spiritual beings as well. So you can never estimate just based on animal models alone, what will happen to us. So that's one thing. Um, the other thing is we don't have the cream of the crop making these things for better or for worse. Um, the quality is terrible and the standardization is not there, right? So we don't know who is getting what at any moment. <laughs> this is a problem. I can tell you that I have been able to recently observe a vial of Moderna. If one dose was given to a patient, the rest was given to a lab to observe that day. And so under a low powered compound microscope that you would use in a high school you know, setting, nothing fancy, we observed it over two hours. What I saw was a lot of synthetic material in that, something like a graphene, that's what it looked like. Also synthetic fibers. So they were very colorful, some red, some purple, some blue, some green. Um, those, you know, who knows exactly what they are because we didn't have any other way to test for them. But I can tell you that for sure, I had to see with my own eyes that there are, there is synthetic material inside of these injections that they're giving in people, at least that one vial that I saw. Um, now, is that happening everywhere? We don't know. We need to examine more of these vials to find out more. But um, absolutely 100%, I've saw at least one of the vials with, with this substance inside. I, I see. Um, yeah, it's, and and um, the other thing is that the, um, that the mRNA molecules, there are 40 billion mRNA molecules in one shot. And um, it is already examined that only 25% of the vaccination stays in the arm. And 75% goes in the uh, by the lymph system in the blood in the blood circulation to the capillars to the smallest smaller things, and then the the spike protein which will be produced goes uh, in um, in the capillars and ha have such tiny um, uh, spikes in the capillars, and then it is a difficulty for a blood cell to go through the capillars. And we uh, we exist from seventy five percent. We are capillars. Yeah? yeah. This is so uh, a black the blood clot is also very likely. Do you see it in the same way? A hundred percent, and that is probably the biggest side effect that um, doctors are seeing with the patients who've had the injections because they're getting strokes and heart attacks, and of course, or these. Um, transient ischemic attack events. They might have visual issues, et cetera. Um, 
people are not relating those symptoms with the injections that they're getting because they're not thinking of a heart attack or stroke is going along with that, but truly it is. Um, and we're, we know from the studies that these spike proteins are, they're going everywhere in the body. So people need to understand that. And if you're really getting this spike protein out in nature, if that's the, if that's true, you would only inhale it to get it through your nasopharynx, some in your lungs, that's it. That's all it would go to. And then your body would fight it from that standpoint. When you get the injection, you are right. It's going everywhere. It's able to, they're, they're putting that nanolipid particle that's wrapped around it. And it's so tiny that it's able to go through the blood brain barrier. It's never supposed to go there. It's able to go everywhere. Your ovaries, your spleen, your liver, your intestinal tract, your capillaries, just like you said. So it's sticking like a Velcro would stick to each other. And that stickiness sometimes is lesser or more depending on your genetics, which is very interesting. There's a paper on genetics as well as um, the organ. So for instance, with ovaries, a 64 times affinity, that's insane. So that stickiness in the ovaries, it will cause inflammation. So at first they said, don't worry guys, the spike protein won't cause inflammation. Well, they've retracted that and said, oh, it does cause inflammation, but don't worry, it won't last long. So the inflammation will go into these organs for how long will this happen? Nobody has the answer to that. We'd have to do autopsies on people and they've done very little. This is a tragedy. And so what will happen in the brain as well? And, and we know that it, there's so many different problems with this. I mean, you could probably list up to 200 potential issues with this but yet we go on. And it's not just the adults. I am so, so worried about the children because their neural pathways are still developing. I think as adults, this is my opinion now, only my opinion, when we're dealing with the nervous system and we're dealing with this nanotechnology, nanolipid particle, it has an affinity for the nano, I'm sorry, the nanolipid particle has an affinity for the nervous system. Well, ours is already developed. We have kind of a natural resistance in a way, but a child is not. It will integrate and grow with that nervous system. We have no studies on that, no animal studies, nothing. We have nothing to go on. And we are putting this into children. What in the world will that create as they grow if they survive this? I, I cannot tell you how devastated I am over this. I just don't understand why this is acceptable to anybody out there and why we're not looking at it more um, clearly. So yes, this is, thank you for bringing that up. Oh, I can't hear him. You're muted, Hartmut. I know. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, uh, it's, yeah, and the interesting thing is what you said is it's, it, we cannot understand that people accept these things, and I um, and I got the information or what I found out is, for example, I went to a friend of mine and uh, she has two children, and uh, the interesting thing is when I saw the rooms of the children, there was such a chaos in the room. Yeah, really, really, and I got the idea um, because. I got the idea, is it possible that we already are so toxic by the food su supply or by the radiation mm -hmm. that we have lost the ability 
to structure things and to see, um, let's say, to see the danger. Because many people, yeah, I don't know, 50% already are vaccinated in Germany. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's unbelievable. And um, yeah. the question is, how is it possible that the people are not able to question uh, why they are, or let's say it this way, why they prefer to die in harmony instead of question uh, and to, to see with courage the truth? So I think if you boil it down to one reason is that we allowed ourselves to get disconnected from everything, including ourselves and most importantly from God, our divinity. And with that disconnection, it comes with a, you're almost the walking dead already, aren't you? I mean, what, what, what is there? What, what is there to really find true joy from? And the saddest thing is when you're walking around and you're looking at, um, you know, you're looking at, I remember for years ago, I'd go to, you know, parties, let's say, and I couldn't stand it. People were talking about the most mundane, superficial things, and I couldn't get involved with the conversation. And, and even to this day, you walk around, I want to shake them. I'm like, what are you doing? There's a, there's a apocalypse going on. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, they're totally in this trance, and, but they're not happy. None of them are happy, you know, and they're wanting to cling to this life for any, for any cost, right? It doesn't matter what the cost is. One more day here. Why? You're not even happy right now. Why don't you do something purposeful and with passion and with joy and creativity and with true love? And, and that's a fearlessness and that's a power that we have and connect with God and divinity. Like that, is, that is what we should be doing. That's what our ancestors fought for. That was, that's, what, that's what they did for us right now. But somehow along the way, we lost ourselves as a, as a, as a whole, as, as a community, right? Particularly in the United States. In Europe, I think, you know, blood was shed on that soil. People know, people remember, but not in the United States. And um, that Germany. worries me. I'm sorry to say this in Germany. It's a, uh, I got the impression that many people haven't learned anything from the lessons. Uh, well, that's, that's too, that's too, too sad. It's to a, it's a, Germany is a, Germany has a specific role because we are the 51, 51 uh, country of the United States, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, also, I mean, physically things have gone out like we you alluded to, of course, toxins and lack of nutrients in the in the food supply changing our musical hertz right from 432 to 440 ubiquitously around the world was in 1953 right people don't realize that all the frequencies were changed and we are frequency too we, we're energy and it it's not healthy for us and then in you know inundating us with these 5g towers and things like that so that is why this physical um, assault happened on us. However, if you have a strong spiritual connection, that is overcomes everything, that stops everything. And that's what is the difference between the person that falls for the hypnosis and the person that doesn't. And it is our job to help our brothers and sisters because we're all connected to wake up from that. And it's obviously not an easy job, is it? But we have to remember it's only been less than two years since this all started. Um, and this is the first time people have actually heard about this kind of effect uh, having um, uh, these kinds of things happening in the world. So 
I guess we have to be a little patient with that. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Gary. It was a real pleasure talking to you. I pass it to John. Thank, Thank you, so you Hartman. Hi, Gary. How are you? Hi, John. Um, when I saw the title of this this I this show, I was just blown away. Like, uh, I'm a personal trainer, but I'm also I also do IT on like oh, okay. uh, for my for my full time job, and um, I love IT and sci fi is just one of the things that I absolutely adore. And uh, a lot of questions pop up to my head when I hear nanotechnology because I know MIT has been working with uh, insects to use insects as uh, like robotic insects to do spy missions and this and that. They've been the, doing that since the 70s. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. The problem that they're coming into and the question that I have for you is the power supply in order to run any any form of technology is a lot. You need a lot of power to run any form of technology. Where are they finding that the 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 power supply to run this nanotechnology? Um, you know, we are probably the ultimate source of the power. Do you realize that? <laughs> so we can generate a lot of power because we're not just biological, we're spiritual beings as well. And we can we are connected. So I think there's something to these movies that are sci-fi. And I'm a sci-fi lover of movies too. It's interesting to me. And I believe there's a purpose for this technology to be used for good. It's not always on the negative side, but unfortunately it's, it's not being used for that. So when you're looking at where they, they know that we are the ultimate source of the, the truest source of power energy, right? So if they can harness that, and the way they found they could harness that is through the substance called hydrogel, which is a, the biggest you know umbrella term. And then you can go under that with the graphene and you can put in the um, nanolipid particles, et cetera. But let's say hydrogel. Hydrogel is able to be assimilated into the body, supposedly without rejection so much. And once it's there, it's able to harness that computing power that we could possibly give in the power, right? It generates power. The, hyd the hydrogel with the, the human nervous system generates power. Now, when you're generating power, computing power, it's very hot, right? You get so much heat. That's why some of the supercomputers are in the Antarctica. That's what they say. So they found a, a great thing with the hydrogel was it's able to be a cooling su substrate as well. So it cools the body down as the computing power goes up. And this is what they say they can do. Now, will this work in actuality on a mass scale? That's yet to be seen. Um, but that's how they're viewing it with people. And they, they believe if you look at Bill Gates and, and um, the, his companies and their research and their patents, they believe that they can use our ability to do computing power in the background of our minds. So we could be doing our daily activities. We could be sleeping and we wouldn't know that we're doing com these uh, computations. This would be all done in the background. And why this is known is because somebody wants to make money off of that, meaning Bill Gates wants to make money off of your computing power running in the background. Um, they also, AT&T is a, um, a phone service here. They have a patent on the routing ability within your body, <laughs> using your body as a router. 
and actually using not just they want to have uh, make money of the information that goes through your body and how it goes through your body. Plus, the brain waves would be interacting with the with the other digital device around you. Now, the other digital device was named as a human being. Okay, so when this came into contact, you would start to interact right away, and you would share your brain waves. And the idea is AT&T has this, that there would be some sort of like on your wrist, a screen that would be, uh, that would appear and words, messages, even advertisements would come on there. This is an actual patent they have for the near future for us to use this as a property and for advertising and things like that. So although I know this sounds so far-fetched, we have to pay attention to what they're doing and what they're planning. And people say, well, I wouldn't agree with that. Okay, well, me, not me either. But what if you didn't realize you were signing your body over as property? What if you made an agreement that I, I, my body is property and now you own it? Well, that's what I'm afraid of these injections falsely called vaccines are doing, is that you're signing away your body at some moment, at some point, as property where it can be owned. And so this is this is my big warning to people, like stop this, let's talk about this, let's, let's bring up all of these topics and make some sort of a protocol or some sort of a, you know, an agreement between everyone or the countries and, and us. I mean, this is this has gone a little far already. It's gonna go even further because uh, earlier this year, I, was, I got into a little bit of, uh, trying to understand cryptocurrency. And uh, one thing that they were starting to talk about was Internet 3.0. Um, and the Internet 3.0, basically, I don't know if anybody here understands how the Internet works, uh, basically takes uh, 30 hops to go from my device to 30 routers around the world to go to your device. It takes time for that to happen. It's a short period of time that that happens, it's microseconds. However, Internet 3.0, um, it will remove the routers and it will do hops from one device to another, making okay. it from microseconds to nanoseconds. Okay. Would, so, would that be the human body too that they were talking about? Is uh... when you when you said that they're t that they're putting um patents on human beings to as a device it yeah. just it clicked in i'm like this is the internet 3.0 exactly and people need to know that the deadline for this is 2030 that is their deadline the world economic forum for every human on earth except they do have provisions for i guess this, the group of us that will refuse they have provisions that we will live outside of these cities and uh, I guess for the time being, they'll tolerate us. But for the most part, everybody will be transhumanist at that point. They'll be connected into the internet of everything. Um, one more question before I pass you on, because I got I, I can go on like like hours with you. Just yeah. just with you, I can go on for hours. Um, the integration for transhumanism. Aren't we at some level experiencing it with pacemakers, implants mm -hmm. to the implants to the brain to connect uh, to connect, you know, limbs that are not functioning anymore? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I am. 
I like you. I am fascinated by technology. I told you my dad was an inventor. I, I think it's fascinating. I think it's lovely. And in fact, if it's used properly and with wisdom, but here we have this technology that is really far advanced with no, almost no wisdom. And if you're looking at some of these, I loosely call them people. I, I do believe there's other beings here than what we are as humans. I do. Um, because I've been to meetings where I've seen people, I, I don't connect with them as a human. They don't seem to have empathy or compassion or conscience. And they look at people as though we are just products and they believe that they're different, but they're running these programs. We have to understand that. And so those beings, people, whatever you want to call them, are in charge of these programs and in charge of this technology. And they've fooled a lot of humans into following these programs or maybe compartmentalizing them in them, thinking this is good. And um, it's sad because it's now the, the check and balance has, has been disrupted. And now it's going through this, I call it a dark science and a dark medicine. And it's used for control and power and money, not about, you know, futuring the human being species and our consciousness. It's not about that. So it's, there is a way out. The way out is us saying no, us saying no, we do not consent and we do not comply. Um, it has to take a critical mass. And thankfully, that's not the majority. It's just a certain percentage. Um, but you're right. It doesn't have to be all bad. It, we have ways that we can use this for the for very good reasons. It's not, we shouldn't throw everything out. But um, yes, we are connected to some degree, but it's not overwhelming at this moment. It's not that we can't stop it at this moment. I think you might be wrong that we are the, that we are not the majority. I mean, evidence, I mean, if you just look at what's happened in Europe over the past couple of weeks, with the mass protests in England, the mass protests in France, the mass protests in Italy, Spain, Portugal. Well, Portugal is a little quiet because they took their government to court. But even in Greece, like I'm Greek descent, and I watch what's happening in Greece. And what's happening in Greece is it's uh, it's blowing me away, and it's making me even more proud of my heritage. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think that people are starting to wake up and starting to pour out into the streets and yeah. let their voices be heard as humans? I, I am seeing that in different countries. You are right. I am so disappointed in the United States. Um, again, I think that goes back to nobody has remembrance of any bloodshed on our soil. So they just don't get the gravity and the importance of it. And we are kind of spoiled brats in a way. So it worries me because we are a very important country of how this will play out. Um, so this is my getting anxious, really. We need to wake more up. We need to get more of them to speak up. And I really just at this point see it'll take another big trauma to our country, at least, before they will stand and speak up. Um, I see in the interim, what will happen is a division of two societies, one um, that want to stay natural, organic human beings, and the other that will accept the transhumanist agenda. And so at least with at some point soon, there'll be a separation. And um, 
in the United States, I just think that it's right and wise to make at least two months preparation to live on your own and know how to get clean water and to be around people that you know, so that you are not to fall prey to these kind of tactics to make you go into the transhumanist kind of movement there. And these are really scary and tough decisions to make, I know. And this is where it comes down to you you have to have a strong spiritual connection you have to know who you are and what you want and where you want to go in this it is really tough it is empowering to see people in other countries um it's just really disheartening for me that it's taking so long for the people in the u.s to speak up well, thank you so much carrie i'll pass you on to steve now oh wow carrie well it's great to talk mm -hmm. to you uh you are so well spoken and uh, I saw a video of you like over a year ago when you had your white coat on and it was a really like, I was like, oh my God, this is crazy if it's even true. So, yeah. and uh, you know, your mom drove uh, dragsters and your dad yeah. built them. How cool yeah. is that? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, here we are. A lot of stuff's been talked about over and over and I can't get my hands around like shedding and if you are around vaccinated people. So, is this thing shedding and what is it shedding? And are we going to all end up vaccinated anyway? Hmm. So <clears throat> that's that big, uh, you know, what's going to happen with that. So this is how I can tell you, we're in the beginning when we saw a lot of these people saying, I, I'm getting symptoms just by being around the people that were vaccinated. I can say that there are a few times when I went into large public arenas and I got sick as well, something happened. Okay, so th there was some sort of a transmission. However, it didn't stay with me. Detoxing made it go away and other people said the same thing. So this is not like you're catching a real illness and, and it stays with you. This, so this is why we don't call it shedding, we call it transmission, it's something different. So my idea was that, wow, this looks a lot like someone who gets like a radiation toxicity. If you look at the symptoms, signs and symptoms of microwave illness, radiation toxicity, you could probably check off many of them. And these were the symptoms people were complaining of. They could be bleeding issues, um, you know, loss of taste, loss of smell, flu-like illness, you name it. Now, everybody that told me, and the same thing for me, when I went away from the people, I got better. When I went back, I got worse, you know? And so it was more truly like a transmission. My idea when I'm looking at the, um, the uh, symptoms of the spike protein and the issues it can cause, they are exactly the same as the issues and the, the symptoms of having these um, nanoparticles too, meaning synthetic particles. In my mind, Perhaps they're one and the same. Perhaps these spike proteins are the synthetic. Maybe there's nothing organic in them, almost nothing organic. And so I'm trying to, it's kind of a difficult thing to explain, but you ever see the peanuts, the cartoon, the peanuts? You know, are you familiar sure, with them? Yeah. You ever see the character Pigpen? <laughs> He's my favorite. Hey, Pigpen's got the stuff all around him, right? And so in a way, if you have these, these, uh, you're making these spike proteins because your body's making them, but they're not really organic. They're, they're these synthetic nanoparticles. Now, this is so strange for us to think of this. It's hard, but we're actually produced. These people are producing them. And there's just a little, it's almost like a contact toxicity in a way. 
And in and so it doesn't necessarily, it's not the same as getting injected and you being programmed to produce them. That's different. You're not getting programmed to make them. You are just getting the contact toxicity from them, right? Mm -hmm. And because they're like little tiny antenna inside your body, as you're getting the 5G or your cell phone's frequencies or the computer or blah, 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 it acts like an antenna and it's uh, like a microwave toxicity, right? Mm. So it's it's a little bit different way of thinking. But to me, the more I see patterns, that's what I learned from. This is the pattern that sticks with me. This is the pattern that doesn't leave. This is the pattern when I tell people to detox or myself to detox, this is what works. It's the pattern. So to me, that what we'll find out soon, and what I was observing under the microscope, was that we are seeing just about mostly synthetic material. And it's able to still be alive, but yet not alive. And it's able to reproduce on its own, but it's not truly organic. And so as long as you're not being injected and programmed to make them, you can be around them, be maybe some illness, but you're okay because you can detox from it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Because we talk about sympathetic coordinated resonance, you know, based on the biosphere of the human it's and, another way to look at it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. this, all right. So I remember you spoke about a long time ago, you looked under a microscope and you looked at a cell and you saw this nanotech or something and you couldn't believe it. And something that was smaller than the cell itself. And yeah. um, so I have like a general weird question. Is this off planet and how the hell do they manufacture these things? So I... You know, sometimes your whole life, you, that's why I love the word serendipity. You look back and you see all these things come together for this moment. So that was one of the moments you're talking about. I happened to be in a medical school where, where my microbiology professor happened to work in the military at some point, And she happened to work on mycoplasma pneumonia, which is, has been declassified as a biological weapon. And so that was her pet. She loved what she did. She was proud of her work. She didn't call it a bioweapon. She called it the most evolved organism. And she said, she taught us a lot about these bioweapons, that they're fragile, they're weak, they, uh, they're obligate parasites, they need to be inside our red blood cells. So all bioweapons are weak. That's good to know. What makes them powerful is their, um, this one in particular, their neurotoxin. She showed us electron microscopy pictures of them, and it was... If it was a miniature robot, like literally, I could not believe it. Crazy. And so I talked about it, raised my hand, all the class went ballistic. We didn't even have cell phones back then. So we didn't even know how to comprehend what we saw. She was very angry. She said, I should never show you these pictures. But anyway, um, looking when I was looking into this later on in the years, I had many references of the electron microscopy to the neurotoxin of mycoplasma. They had all been erased, blacked out, X'd out, taken offline so that you couldn't see them again. And unfortunately, I didn't have any copies. But I, at least that knowledge never left me. I understood it very well. So, yes, that seems sci-fi, but what was even recently when I told you I saw a sample of the vial under the microscope, there was an organism there that, that formed itself over the two hours. Um, so the cover slide was on the fluid, only the vial, nothing was added to it. It was just warm to room temperature. Everything moved to the edges of the cover slide. And then 
this aggregation of materials started to appear from the graphene and, and this thing, this tentacle forms things formed. And I know it sounds weird, but it seemed like, this is strange, this, I saw a lot of synthetic things, you know, whatever, but this one organism, I felt like it, it knew that something was watching it. It was like an intuition. And so I, I can tell you that, yes, my first impression was this is not from this planet. I don't know how else to explain that. Um, we need to do more research. This is just my first impression of something I saw. But in that moment, yes, that, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Well, well that's correct. I mean, uh, yes, it is crazy. all I can say is, uh, but I mean, and wasn't there this whole thing about the vaccines have to be kept at minus 30 degrees Celsius. And now like you see people pulling up to Burger King and like, mm -hmm. where are these things like kept in some dry ice in the back? You know, it doesn't no. like. You were right. I mean, these are questions that every human should be asking. What was this negative 70 degrees Celsius colder than the, uh, you know, North and South pole. Then all of a sudden Pfizer just like, Oh, no, nah, no, you don't have to anymore. And I've seen pictures. Nurses have shown me pictures in the hospitals here. They just have all the vials out all day, all day, taking, you know, the samples. What does that do? Why? I mean, why is this okay already? Why? This doesn't make sense. I mean, you were you completely correct. And it seems that there's a few of us asking the questions, but not the bulk of people. You you are correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, with the, you know, the, the, this is a, and we're, all of us have been way down the rabbit holes of, or, of every variety. So to me, this is just the greatest false flag they've ever pulled so far in the history of false flags for the new world order. Yeah. Um, so nothing's supposed to make sense. You know, nothing's <laughs> supposed to work, right? That's the goal. Uh, yes, I suppose so. Um, I mean, it, this is the grandest experiment because I, I do believe that they're they're tweaking it a, a little bit as time goes on. I don't think that what people got in the very beginning in these injections are the same as what they're getting now. I don't mm. because the side effects are so different. It's so drastically different. Um, but how do we know that until we start examining yeah. the vials many over time? We just, we don't know. We're all guessing, aren't we? Yeah, so to put some meat on the bone, we don't really know what's in it. We don't really know. We, we, we know that there's a lot of people dying and there's a lot of people injured. But do we know that if you get, let's just say you took one, do we, is there any confidence in saying over time, these, the graphene oxide dissipates or the, the, the nanolipids dissolve and our body expels them or not at all? I have seen our bodies do miraculous things over time. Our, we have the ability to, to recover from things that we shouldn't, right? Um, so I definitely have hope in that. We just have to stop it before it goes much further. And this is, a, this is an interesting thought. I had this since I first saw uh, viruses microscopically, or I'm sorry, under electron microscopy. Viruses are, are again the same thing. They're alive but not alive. And when you see them, they're such um, geometric shapes. They are not like organic life. And so, at the very beginning of all this, when I was in med school, I said, 
you know, viruses don't look like they're from us. They don't look like they're from Earth. It looks like there's something left over from something else. I always thought they were very similar to something that was um, was was like an artificial intelligence in my my eyes. So this is just a this is just a theory of mine that perhaps long ago we already went through something like this before. And what if our bodies assimilated and integrated because now viruses we know are actually very beneficial it, and they help us evolve and grow in our immune system right what if something like this happened in the past who knows you know because yeah. they're not they're not normal to our body in my opinion yeah well kick it because you're very spiritual so i bring up rudolf steiner a lot and i just found out about him but he's sort of a guy who was in the early 1900s who was part of the theosophical society which is really the society that the elites follow the dark and occulted information. And he thought the general public should have this information where the Theosophical Society didn't. And, you know, that the general public should have it, not only select few. So in his books and stuff, you know, he talks about like, you know, that the etheric body was first and then the physical body came and that there's this coordinated resonance and a sympathetic coordinated resonance of, of contagion. Um, but, you know, um, I, I just, I'm trying to figure, in terms of viruses, I mean, there's a theory that they're, they're fragments of RNA that are dead, but they're really just the fragments of, of disease that have been expelled from the body, but they don't really replicate the way we think they do, you know? So I don't know, but that's sort of going down that whole Rudolf Sander thing and it gets a bit crazy and we could argue about whether yeah. viruses exist or not. But the, to bring it on a more happy note, um, um, do you know Hal Huggins, the dentist who made the distinction between disease in your mouth and heart disease? Have you ever heard of Hal Huggins? Uh, no, I haven't heard of him. Oh, you should because of what you said. So yeah. he determined he's a dentist and he determined that the, your mouth is related to the rest of your body and that disease in your mouth translates to disease elsewhere. And he was a big yeah. proponent of intravenous vitamin C. In yeah. fact, he used to when his patients came in, the first thing he did was put an intravenous drip of vitamin C in, and he started helping medical doctors. And he said, the first thing you do, you know, give them vitamin C while you're talking about the diagnosis. So that was the power of nutrients, basically, mm -hmm. and uh, in reversing disease. But um, so I thought you knew about Hal Huggins. But uh, so going back to what's going on now, in general, we have the World Economic Forum. We know that the UN is the crux of, of this whole agenda 2030 and that, you know, between the Council on Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission and all the, you know, the Masonic stuff and the Jesuit stuff, we know there's this sort of, uh, you know, what we think is some sort of plan for, you know, to erase history, erase culture, have a homogenized society with no, um, you know, with one ruler, one religion, one language and, and stuff like that. So, do you believe that's really what 2030 is somewhat about and that this injection is part of that? Well, I uh, absolutely believe it's a satanic and demonic agenda for sure, a hundred percent. They couldn't be more obvious with their symbolism. And if anyone questions that, they should really start opening their eyes and learning about the symbolism. And mm -hmm. in, in some of these meetings I went to pretty much the people would say, would say they're atheist. Um, but they'd say that they be they believe that there will be a God soon. Um, that would should give you a lot of clues. They these people that are the ultimate 
people in charge. They believe that they will become gods through this technology um, over us. And if you want to know what kind of gods they will be, if they ever get their way, just look at what they stand for. Look at the people they associate themselves with. And this is my even bigger call to humanity is that, okay, suppose you're okay being a little slave in a transhumanist world and you're okay with that. You're okay with not owning anything, not having any privacy, but you'll have your little thing to eat and whatever. That doesn't end there. This is, this is why I push this because if you understand what these people, and they're not people really when they get to this point, they don't see us as just products. They see us as, they get joy out of human suffering, okay? What if we allowed them to get more power over us, to manipulate our thoughts, manipulate what we do? You think they'll just leave us alone? You know, look at Epstein's Island, okay? A lot of these people, MIT scientists, these people behind this genetic engineering, they went there. They're okay with that kind of thing. The, the, the adrenochrome, the human trafficking, those are real things, you know? And these people in these satanic agendas, the Bohemian Grove, you know, you name it, they do rituals and people do die there. They do sacrifice humans. That, that goes on whether or not people want to accept it. So my point to you is somewhat in some fashion, it's been somewhat controlled. If we give them the ultimate key to our minds, our bodies, and potentially our souls, what do you think is going to happen into this world? Literally all hell would break loose. And so this is why I know this. I've seen this. And I, and I will not, in my power, ever let this happen. And, and know more and more and more of us are waking up and say, no, no matter what, we will not let that happen. And that's why it is that important. And I hope people will see it that way. But it doesn't take much good to overpower the negative. And with God, we are unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, well, it's the Luciferian aspect of this all is like one of the later layers I pulled off of the onion. And I, I thought it couldn't get worse until I got there. And then it even, it still got worse with every layer that I, I kept pulling off. So it's, you know, I guess at this point, I've heard you speak and I like what you say, we have to keep speaking. Because my view is, as soon as someone even just starts to question it, yeah. the Illuminati have lost them. Yeah, all right. Know? Yeah. They don't have to know about the Luciferian or how far this goes. That Walter yeah. Cronkite was a was a dark soul, you know, yeah. deceiving the people. Yet he was looked at as this fatherly figure of, of uh, trust and honesty. You know, they don't have to know that as long as long as they question it. That you know, that's power for for the for our for our you know what we're trying to accomplish. So I, I like that yeah. that it, you know if we keep repeating this stuff. That, you know, even if one person watches this video and says, you know, I'm going to I'm going to start listening to something else. And they change. They just if they stop believing the narrative, that's all. Then they're you know, they're not. They're just another mind that they don't have yeah. in my eyes. No, you, you are right. And, you know, the, the thing is that we were we are given the gift of free will and choice. And that's why we are going through this. So because it's about choosing what kind of life you want. We have that gift. And so I believe that, you know, a lot of us are here to to help people wake up and see what the choice is.
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, if we just kept going along with the, you know, subtle brainwashing and everyone had a good life and everyone was sort of pushed down this ta this road of materialism uh, away from spiritualism, it, we there's nothing that would have woken people up out of that until, you know, it, we almost need something this catastrophic to. We to asked for people. this. I tell people that. I said, you know why this happened? Us. We asked for it because with the disconnect that we were in and including myself, I got stuck on the phone. Right. <laughs> and we became, we we're not even looking at each other. We'd stop, you know, hanging out physically with each other. No one knows how to communicate, have a proper sentence. Right. We don't even know how to write to each other. We don't do anything. We've got lost connection with nature. We don't go outside with, we don't know our neighbors with God. We became the walking dead. We asked to be shaken. We asked for this. Mm. This, this was us doing it to us. Yeah, that's good. That's something good to hold on to. So I'll, I'll keep that thought. Um, really mm -hmm. love all the stuff. You've, you, I just love listening to you. And I, I thank you for the courage mm -hmm. that you have and everything you've done. And I'll pass you to Carl. Thanks, Steve. It's been a pleasure. Hi, Gary. How are you? Hi, Carl. <laughs> yeah, this is Grace. I love everything you're saying. And uh, there's so many different directions I could ask questions about. I'm um, interested in all this nanotechnology. But I keep going back to um, uh, Occam's razor, sort of what's going on. And it just, I define it as a spiritual battle, mm. plain and simple. Yeah. Um, and this whole idea of free will and consent is, I seem, it seems to be key. Um, just the way the universe is built and, and we we're in this we ask for this ourselves as you say yeah. god created both good and evil so evil is there snapping at our heels to make us realize to snap us out of our daydream yeah. um the programming that's what i see i mean that's that's the good side of all this covid stuff as i see it it's going what the hell is going on i need to do something i need to wake up yeah. um just kind of a, a little story uh, just before the um, um, the COVID outbreak um, or the pandemic back in March, it was uh, mid-January and I looked up in the evening sky here in Ireland. Uh, the sun had set a while ago, six o'clock, and I could see the uh, Starlink satellite, all the little pearls running across the sky. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> oh my goodness. <laughs> 5G, it's going to cover the planet. And jokingly, oh, yeah. I said, oh, that's the alien uh, offense taking up their uh, up, taking up their position to invade the Earth. Um, now, it's not such a joke. Um, no. it's, it's the idea that you can't touch this thing. It's out of our grasp, yet it is able to infiltrate our bodies, our whole way of life. I've also... I've also um, a few years ago, uh, I was I, I sort of played with the idea of technology being a, an alien force. So, you know, I like technology too. That's my background in physics, experimental physics. So I love being in the lab building things and trying things out. Yeah. But so I would just suppose that technology was an alien force and it's trying to infiltrate the human body. It's trying to take over the planet. It's... Um, and then I remember saying it's it's actually needs us because of our unique biology. And what is unique about our biology? 
it taps into the quantum field. It taps into the Godhead. It taps into the source of all potential. We are the expressions of God on this, yes. on, on this surface of earth. So I was seeing it's trying to get in there to assail the gates of heaven. They were kind of my words. And so that's the level at which I see this. And when I do that, everything seems to fall into place. So, yeah. yeah um, so I can go on a bit here. Um, You're 100% accurate. You're right on the money with what you just said. 100% because we are, I want you to finish that, but we are made in the likeness of God. So we are co-creators with God. So God is the ultimate creator, but we're little creators. And so these demonic negative forces cannot create. They can only copy or make a blasphemy of what is already created. They need us to create. They are trying to hijack us and they're trying to trick us into creating what they want. And so you're right. Yeah, thank you. You, you put it so well. Um, that's it. And so for me, it's, it's, it's been the last couple of years of this, or 18 months or whatever, it's been uh, snapping out of the daydream and acting. And what I'm finding too is I realized that uh, my life, which I thought for a long time was, oh, I'm going to live forever. It's not. And that there's something much deeper going on. And I become more fearless. I don't care. Um, I, need, I need to speak the truth. And, and and this is the good thing about the whole thing. It makes us realize this and it gives us the opportunity in this lifetime to act that out and express it. Um, but every everything is, is you know, I've I, I written down a bunch of notes here from, you know, uh, yeah, the connection to God was the real big thing. We don't know exactly what's in the vaccines. It's all this synthetic stuff. They won't even tell us. Uh, it itself it assembles within the body under the, uh, you know, electric magnetic fields, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Everywhere you go, you can paint an even darker picture. Um, so, I'm not sure I have a question because I'm such agreement with you. Um, maybe you could comment more on 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 kind of the spiritual yeah. aspect and and why there's. Um, you know the consent thing and the fact that we're we're being confused like a psychological war this is all a part of tricking us to get yeah. consent well i can tell you i've seen in the past you know when i was you had my a big clinic here that there are quite a few biological weapons that have been released quite a few and i believe that they're way more dangerous than the one that we're dealing with right now but they never would go very far. It never really did much, you know? And I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, these people pushing this, these buttons, they're probably confused. Like, why didn't it work? And you've probably seen, it was the big, uh, you know, Trump up about, you know, swine flus and different things and the bird flus. And I knew why that it never went really went far because my microbiology professor taught us that these are very weak, fragile organisms. They don't go very far. Plus, we're spiritual beings. They don't get it that we can we can overcome anything. Our mind and our spirit is so powerful, right? It overcomes anything. And so this time they were smart about it. The difference of this time is that they realize anything biologic that they make really doesn't isn't that powerful that it, that's man made. So they had to get us to believe it. 
And that's where this massive psychological campaign came into play. So I have to say, I handed to them, that was pretty smart on their part. So oh, it is only dangerous as much as we believe it's dangerous as a collective, individually and as a collective. Whatever we think will happen, it's us, not them. They're just lying, manipulating, deceitful. And as long as we keep falling for it, it will be a danger in one way or the other to us, right? The second it is not a danger to us, we don't see it that way, it stops, it completely stops. It's only in our minds. It is literally a war in the mind, period. And that, so, go ahead. I know, I was just saying that's that's really good. We, we all had a guest there not too long ago who also believed that this whole pandemic, what we're seeing symptoms is a, a trauma. So a trauma has to be perceived. And I was also thinking if you bring it down to the level of belief or up to the level of belief, we don't have to be arguing about masks or what's in the vaccines or who's doing what or what countries not taking it and, and how things are moving it. It becomes, you know, it's the Occam's razor. It's very simple. Yeah. We are powerful, eternal, spiritual beings. And while we leave and how we coordinate our thoughts and manage that, uh, the world manifests accordingly. I'm putting it in. Yeah. <clears throat> a bit of the biblical stuff, but also kind of the science stuff, just to say it. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, I just thought that was, yeah, belief. If we have belief, and, and that's what we're always called to, and that ties in the consent and everything else. That is the trick. No matter what, if you look at it in any way, it's it's that we are truly the powerful beings. We are made in the likeness of God. If we choose to connect with that divinity inside of us, and we are the ones that are creating. We are the ones in control and in power. But we have been tricked into thinking and forgetting who we are. And that, that, is, that is the purpose of us going through this tumultuous, traumatic time, is to remember who we truly are. But we have a choice. So do you want to be in this world or that world? And you have to know that we are eternal. So what are you afraid of? You know, when I was a little girl, around the same time of being three years old, I had um, a near-death experience. A dog came and attacked me out of nowhere and throwing me around like a rag doll. And I left my body and floating around. I had like a angel spirit guide with me and I loved it. I was like, oh, I could stay here forever. This is amazing. And um, I remember the message came to me from this being saying, okay, well, you could stay up here or you can go back down there. And I already had the knowledge that that was who I always was. Like this, that was how I was before I was a kid and everything, right? I already knew all that, all this knowledge comes to you. And I looked and I saw, you know, this time neighbors came over and my parents were obviously, you know, and I saw my body being thrown around and like, uh, I don't wanna do that to my parents. And I think I need to live this life. So I'll go back in the body. And I remember going back in the body and whoop, waking up and, and thank God, there's nothing wrong with my body. It was good. And my family was very shocked and the neighbors were shocked because they thought I would be pretty beat up and bit up and there's nothing, not even one bite mark. But that moment, being three years old, never, ever left me. I was never really afraid of death. And I was gifted that. That was a gift, right? Not everybody has that ability to see and having patients in the hospitals and I was um, going through the co coding them, meaning they're dying and we're resuscitating them. Many of them would tell me, some were my patients, some weren't, when they recovered that 
they had left their bodies, what they saw, and, and there's angelic beings, and that they were changed after that time. They saw the world differently. It was a gift, really. And um, unfortunately, in the hospitals back then, they weren't allowed to talk like that. They said they knew they could talk to me, I'd understand, but if they told someone else, they'd give them an antipsychotic, a sedative, yeah. told them it wasn't real. Um, but I can tell you that those were gifts if you go through them, but not everybody has that, but we should really pay attention to that. You shouldn't have to go through such a traumatic experience to know that you're eternal. And once you do, you're not really afraid anymore. You understand that um, it, you have to speak your truth. You have to stand um, for what is right, because this is nothing. This is a blip of our existence. Yes, absolutely. I, I agree with you there too. Absolutely. I um, I suppose um, winding down my own question here uh, or questions. It's um, I was thinking you were saying that because you're one person having such an influence in so many people, because you're. It's the vibration. It's it's the fearlessness. You're carrying the truth with you. And so I'm thinking that many of us sort of say, what can one person do? What could I do? I'll just go along with uh, everybody else and hope things pan out. And maybe transhumanism isn't too bad, blah, blah, blah. But <clears throat> I think what, what you've done is, is and I, I think it, all of us are called to it, is to vibrate or resonate strongly our truth, speak our truth, because that will either repulse things that we don't need in our life, but also attract things. Yeah. And then we'll reach a state of coherency and that vibration will grow and self-amplify. That's, that's what we need, that we can self-amplify. Self, self we can uh, uh, over, overcome this yeah. um, and to and, realize who we are, yeah. And not everybody in the end will choose, will choose the way that I'm choosing or you're choosing or we're all choosing, right? But that's yeah. their, their choice. But just know that no matter what, we know where we're going. We, we know I do not sell my soul for anybody or anything, no matter what the cost. And so I stand with that. And to me, that's my fearlessness and my power. I, I know uh, this is a, a holy temple, my body and my soul is mine. Um, I only answer to God, my creator. That's it. And so I have this fearlessness and nothing stops. And you know what? That gives you this, that gives you this power, right? <laughs> and uh, that gives you a true joy. It gives you a true feeling of worth and why are we here? Because otherwise people just, you know, that's why everyone's on drugs now and everybody tries to, you know, placate themselves and in front of a television or it's all this superficial, but they still deep down, they don't feel good, right? They haven't really connected. And and I also think of my ancestors. Oh my gosh, I've had so many ancestors that fought in wars and, and I remember yeah. them telling me or they survived concentration camps. Uh, no, what they fought for is meaningful. We will not let that die. Absolutely not. What they did will not be forgotten. It is not for nothing. Yeah, absolutely. It's the ancestors, all their struggles. We, we, yeah. we carry the relay in, yeah. into the present moment. And that has to be honored. Um, and otherwise, who are we? Who, who are we? We don't know. Yeah. And sometimes I think these orchestrators of mayhem and all this stuff, they never actually, they must be terrified of death. And they, they are. Must, you were yeah. right. That is, they are frightened. That is perfect that you said that. Thank you. Yeah. For, yes. Yeah. They're frightened of death because they've never 
Yes. Connected <laughs> with God. Uh, and, and, or, you know what I mean? Like, because yep. we're, we're talking the same on the same thing. You mm -hmm. know, how do you, you know, we can appreciate a sunset for what it is. Uh, it, yeah. You know, you know, the, just the simple things and real. I won't go into it now, but you get, you know what I'm saying. Um, it is true. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. Carrie, I'm going to pass you on to John there. He's he's snapping at the bit there. He wants to ask <laughs> a question. Yeah. And uh, I absolutely delight talking to you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, Carl. Thanks. Sorry, I do have one question that's been uh -huh. itching me since since I heard you say that uh, you noticed when you were looking at the cells, uh, red, red strands, blue strands, yeah. purple strands. Have you ever heard of Morgellons disease? They looked like Morgellons to me, absolutely. And I want to bring up that these colors over the time period on the slide became more vibrant and plentiful. Like it was strange, they just were appearing. So the it, my um, intuition from that was that colors mean are meaningful to this. So I, I don't know, I was brainstorming. I thought, well, maybe were colors meaning who owns a patent on that or do the colors were where they would go in the body or what do the colors mean? You know, I, I wasn't sure about that, but yes, yeah, some look more gallons, but again, the one that was that tentacle thing, I don't know. I mean, may, maybe that was a form of more gallons, but that was a strange one to me. I, I don't know really how to describe it, but yes, you're correct about that. Yeah. I just wanted to ask that. That's all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nothing's uh, nothing's too much to overcome, though. Um, no, nothing is. If you if you want to overcome it, you can. I, I'm a hundred percent in belief about that. It's about what you want, though. Your intention. Thank you, Dr. Karamadan. Thank you, everyone. I'll bring to you some questions, and I'll just show it to you. Then you decide which one you can address. Okay. So okay. this one is. Um, so we don't really have to stay away from vaccinated people. Is that right? For me? No, I made that decision a long time ago. I would not ostracize my family and friends. I love them. They didn't do anything really wrong. There's fear and panic. I hugged them. I'm around them. I'm not afraid to be around them, but that comes from a true intention in my heart. Um, the only caveat I would give is that if somebody is pregnant at the time, because there were so many miscarriages around this transmission until we know more, maybe be a little more cautious with that. Um, that that's only because, you know, I, I don't know enough about it. I believe though, just as me, I would never not be around people. Um, a lot of it's in your, your, your intention and your mind, right? So, and everything can be detox. So I take the detox baths, like I was telling you before, make sure I have heavy metal detoxes and that keeps me pretty, pretty balanced. And this one, you might have answered it already during our conversation, but if you have to add more. Yeah, you do as an individual. I, I agree and can be very lonely. I can tell you that I felt like I was all alone for many years until this pandemic happened. And I ended up meeting a lot of people like you, a lot of amazing souls that give that empower me and give me strength. So I think if you don't have anybody close by that you can be with, uh, at least, you know, being in forums like this and connecting with some like-minded people, if you don't connect with like-minded people, it is really, really, really hard, I can tell you. So at least we have the internet we can use for good. 
and um, try to do that. Try to really find someone in your community, community though, that you can at least physically uh, be around sometimes that is on the same wavelength that you are. That's definitely empowering and it helps to, to keep you strong. Thank you. And this one, and there's, do you know about Charles Lieber work on nanotechnology? Yeah. He's working nanofibers and nano. Yeah. And there's a follow up. And also, he's worked with a China Thousand Talent Program and he's worked with um, the university. I have not heard of the China Thousand Talent Program, so I will look that up. So, thank you for telling me that. But yes, you know, no matter how many times I hear Charles Liebert speak and how he seems so nonchalant about this technology just blows my mind away, right? Um, if if I, I agree, people should all hear how he speaks and what the potential is. But again, seeing that potential, but then seeing that we are still not being overcome by it because it's been out there for a while, right? This isn't new, but yet we still stand, yet we are still you know, in control if we choose to be. So that tells you a lot about us. It tells you a lot about our power. Um, I think that stands to our truth. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I think this was, was part of that. It says for nanoscience, need to check out Charles Lieber work. They already can inject nanowire to view and manage manage parts of brain. I think before 2015. Yeah, well before that, what they can do. You know, they've had military research subjects, and um, I tell people this all the time, like the Black Hawk helicopters. Mm -hmm. At least for a small percentage. I don't know all of them. In the beginning, for decades now, they they mm -hmm. and their machine are one, literally. At first, they just they injected them with some of this uh, nanotech. Then they would have a magnetic helmet. And anything they thought or anything they would see or they move their eyes, immediately the machine would respond. But also, they never had to really do a lot of, um, what do you call it, uh, you know, if they had a new... Um, uh, what do you call it? Something new in their machine, something new in the Blackhawk. They didn't really have to learn it because it was automatically downloaded into them. So they and the machine were communicating, but again, messages were coming in them, right? The problem was this technology didn't leave when they weren't in the machine. There were issues that they had, and that's how um, part of how I know some of this technology. They had issues with that. So they've been using this for quite some time. Um, it's not new, but again, there's nothing that we can not overcome. I believe that wholeheartedly. Thank you so much, Dr. Mate. I feel like singing, we shall overcome. Yeah. Just remember, you know, the Bible has a lot of truths in that, you know, um, and in a twinkling of an eye, things can change. So anything more that you want to make an announcement any event upcoming or and uh, especially i love your collaborations when you have your five yeah so the five docs there's uh dr sherry tenpenny dr lee Merritt, uh dr larry polevsky and dr christian northrup so we get together once a month and we do um you know a forum of, of different topics uh, usually it's the third thursday of the month um yeah, that's great. And then uh, Clay Clark, it's called Reawaken America. I'm doing an event in Michigan, the middle of August. And um, that's really empowering. Like usually 10,000 people show up for that. 
And also Bards FM, Bards Fest is going to be the end of August in St. Louis, Missouri, where it's four days of just spiritual revival. We're singing, singing at the, at the correct Hertz, 432 Hertz, and, and doing the music and praying and worshiping and having its family. We're going to blow 300 shofars at the same moment. And everybody around the world, we're trying to orchestrate with everybody blowing the shofars at the, at the exact moment. Um, it's about, you know, having the proper frequency and the intent and the love. So a, a very uplifting event. So I'm excited for that. Well, we're so happy and really honored to have you and all the rest of the older doctors, including Clay Clark, whom you've mentioned, because they have graced us with their presence already. Thank you. Yes. And yeah. I make sure that I email all of you so that you could give me all that link so that on that day. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yes. That would be wonderful. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed this platform. So thank you for inviting me. All of you are awesome and uh, very stimulating conversations. So I appreciate it. And thank, thank, you, you. thank you. Thanks to all the viewers. They've had some difficulty. We were ongoing and they said they couldn't see us. But I oh. said, it's okay. It's okay. We'll upload them eventually. Yeah. And I'll bring yeah. all the comments, to, you know. So I okay. just assured them that it will be okay, no matter what. <laughs> great. Wonderful. You have a great day and evening. And um, I really enjoyed this. So thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Gary. Okay. Thanks, thanks again, Gary. Bye. Bye. Thanks also to you. He had to leave. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Okay.